Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the weekly podcast from the marketing minds at doyouconvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today, as always, is the ad doctor, Andrew Peak. Welcome to episode number 26. So glad to have you listening. And summer is almost over. Is summer over at your house, Kevin? With your kiddos? Uh, well, school, our kids are homeschooled. So technically they are kind of back to school. Kind of back in light. Uh, they're like still half days or something, maybe. Yeah, they're just, they like to ease into it. Like, gotcha. you know, when you hit the snooze button, getting out of bed uh, a couple times, snooze. you just ease into the day. <laughs> they're easing into school, but there's still lots of trips to the pool and a whole bunch of fun stuff that I, I hear them doing downstairs nice. and as they leave the house. But I'm just here. Summer to me is not that different. Is summer different for you? It's um, it's a little bit different because the kids go crazy, but they're at the age where they just like to kill each other. And so, yeah, the the help is more wanted as far as because I'm not working out of the out of the house. I have a little office here around the corner. So, yeah, it's uh, next week we start up. I am ready for it. They need they need it in their lives. <laughs> One of my favorite commercials of all time was the Target commercial. I think they still use it. It's the most wonderful time of the year. The song that you hear at Christmas is playing mm -hmm. and it shows parents like dancing through the aisles. Like, oh, yeah, here's your school it. supplies, whatever. Like, it's <laughs> it's just the best. Go on, children. The leave and, the and, home. The kid, and then it shows the kids at the end and they've got a frowny face because they're going back to school. That yeah. is awesome. They need to take that up. Put it on Facebook. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Well, I have a good story for you. And this goes with if you remember, it was a couple weeks back. They talked about this gym that's around the corner for me. That did this uh -huh. pre-sale process and it was, they kept having to push the date back. Inspections weren't going as planned. This was slow. This was slow. Everything out of their control. Um, they should have done a little bit more on the transparency of what was going on, but they really couldn't say much because it was going to find out it was the landlord's, landlord's contractors. And so they had no uh, control. They had no power. They had no, they were just up to like. Kind of like home builders and, and land developers. <laughs> exactly. But anyways, they finally opened up. So I go to my old gym, which is like across the street, you know, it's like Walgreens and CVS or any of the, the grocery stores, you mm -hmm. know, they, they'll go close next to each other. Hey, I need to cancel. I'm like, okay. And they asked me like, well, why, why? I'm like, well, I'm joining this new gym over here. I already joined. I like the equipment better. They're like, okay, well tell me more about that. And they're really getting kind of defensive about it. And so then I explained, I had to explain myself, you know, to justify why I want to cancel, which is, it was weird. I'm like, well, they got this, they got that, they got that, they got that. Not that there's anything wrong with you guys, but I just like that stuff more. Yeah. So they do it. And then, and then they start talking more negatively about this new gym. So the new one is, is new equipment and cost less. Yes. Yep. 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 And it's just, yeah, it's, everything is better. So then they're like, okay, well, if that doesn't work out and you, you're welcome to come back here. I'm like, okay. After they've like kind of questioned, like you really made a bad decision, Andrew. Like, I'm like, okay, cool. Thanks. It's all canceled. Got my confirmation. But think about it, I'm like, oh, I wonder if there's things that people do. And this is my question for you after the story is not direct mean things about the competition, but just saying the <laughs> yeah. like subtle things where it's like slowly after a few of those, you're like, oh, well, you're a jerk because you're talking about this other builder like this. And I'm I'm trying to make the best decision. But now you're making me question my decision making as you know, this is. And I was like, I was offended over, it was 10 bucks, 10 bucks a month. This isn't like a $500,000 purchase or anything. So yeah. what do you do when potential customers talk about the competition? What should 
should someone do as far as if they're on site or from phone? The easy button answer is never go negative. It's just bad form, especially, you know, the younger demographic, their filter for what you were describing is kind of not overtly negative, but like what would have passed for subtle, perhaps like, well, maybe they're just truly concerned about me. Like mm-hmm. younger yeah. generations definitely are like, nope, that's all baloney. Like I, I can smell what they're, yeah, what you they're could, trying to do. You can smell right through it. Like their body language changed, the way they spoke changed. And you're like, oh, you're just mad that I'm, I'm canceling. Exactly. And so you, you always want to speak neutral to positive about your competition. Now, you don't have to say something positive about the product necessarily. You can just say, oh yeah, you know, I know so-and-so over there, they're great people. You're going to find that you know, if you've already lost the sale, you know, that they're going to treat you well. The most important thing for home building, I think, is to remember is that just because someone is going to sign a purchase agreement with someone else does not mean that you lost. And I guess you translate it to these gym folks too, is they are not, they haven't lost you as a customer until you fall in love with this other place. Like all the things they said to you may end up coming true, but they would have regardless of whether they said it to you or not. So it would have been better for them to have you walk out the door with a red carpet experience. And so your last impression of that company was its most positive. Yes. Versus. Uh, and yeah, then mm-hmm. makes sense. It, w- it could have, uh, could have happened naturally. And the reason it's so important in home building, I don't think I've told the story on the podcast before, but we did talk about it at last year's summit, which was someone in Albuquerque, New Mexico, they lost a sale to a competitor and this person still kept following up. They were using their CRM system called the person, even though they said we were buying with this other builder, mm-hmm. called up a month later and the contract had fallen through. Don't really remember the reason why. And they just kept the conversation going, but you know, that contract fell through, but now we put an offer on an existing home. Thank you very much. So, so great. He calls back another month. Yeah. You know what? That one didn't work out either. So this goes on for I think three or four months. Oh, wow. And finally, the salesperson just says, look, you really liked my house, but it was a couple thousand dollars too much. Remember? Yep. No, we love that house. It was just expensive. Well, you just you know, lost four months of your life because you didn't want to spend four grand more. Doesn't it make sense to maybe just revisit that house that had everything that we can make yours and ended up getting the sale? Nice. And he couldn't, he, he wouldn't have because he would have felt bad about himself if he had talked trash uh, when he originally lost the sale, he never would have called back in just to say, hey, this is me, your your pal, remember? I'm just mm-hmm. calling to see how things are going. That would not have happened. Awesome story. Persistence and then, yeah, that positive experience on the on the exit there. Super cool. Cool. Yeah. I was wondering yeah. about that. I'm like, this was just a weird experience leaving. And, like, and I, what's funny is I talked to other people as well that have migrated over to this new gym. We're all like the same time that we go. And they had the same experience too. It was all just, they were mad at, mad at me. It was... It was just weird. And do you have a story this week? I do. My my brother is selling his house. Um, and you're a realtor. There. You're not a realtor. Yeah. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not the listing agent <laughs> uh, for sure. But he is selling his house. He's lived there. Um, gosh, I think since I was in middle school or high school. So qu- quite a while. And they're looking to make a move. Uh, the house is listed now. When they were originally getting ready to list our house the first time, this has been a little bit of a process for him. But they thought it would sell in like two or three days because that was mm-hmm. things are just really flying in their particular neighborhood. They live in a great location in Hilliard, um, premier community there. Their house is currently the only one in that neighborhood that is 
actively for sale. There are three other homes, but they're all have pending sales on them. Okay. And so they're like, gotcha. yes, this is going to fly off the market. And, you know, they didn't ask for any advice from me. Wasn't surprised, right? I'm the little brother. But um, <laughs> so they, they go. I'm the little brother too. Yeah. What was that? I said, I'm the little brother too. And so <laughs> I pull up the listing and I'm like, oh, uh, the, the pictures here are not really doing a lot of help on Zillow. But there were a lot of them. There were 42 pictures. And so I, I just mentioned to my brother, I'm like, hey, you know, if you ever want to bounce any idea. Yeah. So no, we're fine. A week and a half goes by and he calls me up and he's like, yeah, you know, we've had a couple showings, but no offers yet. I'm like, well, I could help you run some Facebook ads. And because I've now done this for probably 10 people over the last four years where using the Facebook tactics that we do to try to help people sell their existing home, pretty much just running Facebook ads that then send people straight to Zillow because it's less work than building a landing page uh, and Zillow converts gotcha. well. Mm -hmm. So I do that, uh, 250 bucks, get him about 900 visits to his Zillow page. And the irony, oh, wow. okay. this is going to be a longer story. I apologize. Normally I try to keep him shorter, but this is a good story. The realtor who is a great, good person and helped them find a house that they have, a lake house that they own and, and they have a history with. So it's not a, this isn't a personal thing as much as just a story, of course, but yeah, go ahead and let your brother do that. But I don't know if it's really going to make any impact <laughs> in less than 24 hours. It was a three day campaign over the weekend. Um, they had more views of their home on Zillow in the first 24 hours than they did over the previous week and a half. Nice. Because of the Facebook ads pushing people over there. And so the realtor's like, hey, this, you know, I might have to figure out how he does that because I might want to do that on my other listings. <laughs> um, but <laughs> the photos are still kind of, yeah. So mm. I was like, hey, you know, Kent, if you want, I'd be happy to come over. You know, I didn't get you a birthday present. I'll take pictures of your house. <laughs> His birthday was last week. I'll take pictures of your house for you. So Andrew and Slack, I sent you the old pictures there. Yeah. Um, right, those are the old ones. Okay. And I'm going to shend over now right. the new ones. All yep. right. I'm a, I'll mm -hmm. describe the old ones real quick so everyone can hear. They are crooked. Like it's obvious, like someone's been drinking or something. Um, cell phone picture. You're looking at like the cabinets and everything's kind of just washed out. Um, so the colors, it's like, if you look like left to right from the fridge to like where the window is, it's like the colors change on the cabinets just because it's not shot correctly. And it's, it's like, it's cropped zoomed in, like it's not the right lens type to actually show how big the kitchen is or isn't. Here's the new kitchen coming through in comparison there for you. Kevin's photos. Nice. Nice. <laughs> what a big difference. Yeah, kitchen looks huge now. There are people who are, but Kevin, you know, you're using a wide angle lens, you're taking HDR photos, which, you know, makes everything look a little bit brighter, pops more. And it may not all feel exactly like that when they get there, which I respond to, but they'll get there. <laughs> That's the but whole they'll point. They'll get there. And it's, I think the HDR, the argument on that, the HDR is closer to what we I agree. experienced in the first one. The first one would be like, you're waking up and your eyes aren't even open yet and you're just squinting. You're like, oh, that's what it yep. is with the lights halfway off. So hopefully uh, now we, we pass along. I took 28 new images, passed them along to the real estate agent who's going to load them up uh, hopefully today. Nice. Then we're going to do another campaign this weekend. And hopefully my story next week is that, you know, the house is sold. But if not, if nothing sold. else, we'll be able to compare the same house with different photos, uh, the impact on on both from a, an ad perspective as well as a number of showing scheduled perspective.
Very nice. But I feel like you're doing what a realtor should be doing for their commission. Well, like, uh, yeah. So even the ads, to some extent, like they're getting a fair percent on this home. I don't know what it's selling for, but three, four hundred, five hundred. Um, yeah, three, three so mid mid threes. And so, yeah, it's going to be a good a good paycheck. Now, the that's the kind of the final part of the story. It's not negative so much as no. It is just surprising, right? That a an agent would have either a contact or a skill set. You know, I understand if I was an agent, I may not want to pay out of pocket every time to have someone photograph your house. Not every home. Invest in yourself to get the equipment. And by the way, home builders, now we're talking about you too. Invest in yourself or have your company invest in in the department to get the equipment necessary to do this on your own when you need to. Again, professionals are great, but this was me running and gunning, you know, for 45 minutes at my Mm -hmm. brother's house and getting 28 photos that. I think are going to make a huge, a huge difference. Oh yeah, definitely. Yep. So this will be a two-parter. We'll, we'll circle back to it. The joke or the irony to me is that we're creating this great content. Then we're going to run ads that go to Zillow. Now mm-hmm. on Zillow, the listing agent is not a premier agent. Oh. And so guess what happens, right? They go sure. to someone else, the premier agent on the top right. The lead is likely going to not yeah. go to that agent. So Instead of making potentially 6% on the transaction, um, he's pretty much for sure going to be splitting it with someone else because there's three other agents on that screen that have 50, 100 ratings and five stars, and he has no ratings, no recent transactions. And that also just got me thinking again about the importance of the default scenario in terms of how we think, you know, the power of the default, because they met this agent because they bought their lake house via this mm-hmm. person. And so when it was tame, came time to sell their house, they just went right back to that existing relationship yep. because it was just easier than having to meet new people, interview them, understand, right. Whether that's the best agent to sell their particular property or not. True. 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 Yeah. Uh, maybe not, but it was just easier. It, that trust was already there. Mm-hmm. You know, even though it was only one time as far as like, Hey, they did it once. They could probably do it one more, one more time for us. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Let, let's move on to the news. On that was a news. invigoratingly long story time. Sorry. Story time. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Our first one, and this one seems like it's exciting, but it's not exciting. Um, Facebook is sending out a bunch of emails like, hey, we are going to be updating your Facebook page template, which I don't think anybody really looks at or ever has looked at before. So to see that and you start to get nervous, like, oh, my whole page is going to look different. But really, there's not that many differences going on. So if you're on the desktop, you have the tabs, which are on the left side, and you could have custom tabs. You could delete tabs, remove tabs, do anything you want with them. And then on mobile, they'll be vertical you know, across the top. So they're making changes to make mobile, make it more mobile friendly to help people who are on Facebook on mobile connect with local businesses easier. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll, some people, they'll like automatically change your page template, but really it doesn't change much anyways, because they are almost all the same. It just changes that default set of tabs that you have. So I, it's, yeah. I think it's just a good time to go in there and check what you have going on. I know some people will like test different integrations to try to have like listings and, and homes and inventory like on the page mm-hmm. itself. But you don't look yeah. at them too much. And so it's like, oh, let's go in here and, and check on it, either update it and get something working, or maybe there's something new out there for it. I, I haven't really looked into those options that put put everything on there because um, I'd rather get them to the website 
quicker. Yeah. I mean, the example here is, you know, if you're a restaurant now, you, you can have that default button that says, you know, click here to make a reservation, yep. uh, book an appointment at a, at a hair salon, um, those kind of things. So yeah, just the, the one thing that might tie into our last news story is it does say that they're trying to make recommendations from your community more helpful. This is uh, an article that was mm-hmm. published in Facebook's news newsroom where they push out releases uh, on August 6th. Um, and so We'll talk more about recommendations and, and ratings on Facebook at the end, but it, there may be some other smaller pieces to this. It'll just take a little bit more time to uncover. They're just not being very clear. It's just a kind of a quick overview. No, and it's it's almost, I think a lot of people like they don't have, say if you, if you had an extensive album section on your Facebook page where you had every floor plan and it's organized mm-hmm. by kitchens, exteriors, uh, even by like design, if you have like the modern farmhouse design or you have something yep. like the grand estate, whatever you want to call it, that would be like you might want to put more focus on it, but most, most people don't have that. So you, you might get an email about, hey, your Facebook page is going to be updated. They're not, they're not going to like take away the, the main picture from you or give you four nope. pictures. It's just small yeah. little adjustments to try to make it better. Yeah. Probably won't even notice anything. All right. What's the next one all about here, Andrew? This next one, this one, Magic Leap. Have you heard of Magic Leap before? I heard about it when you sent me the article. There you go. Uh, of this very strange looking device on what looked like, what's that guy's name from Office Space? Milton. Milhouse? Milton. Milton. My favorite. Simpsons. <laughs> He's uh, the, sta- the stapler guy from Office Space, if you remember that movie. Uh-huh. Yep. I don't even know when it came out, but that is a great movie. So it's a... Not a VR headset, it's a AR headset. So augmented mm-hmm. reality. So think about like Snapchat filters or Instagram filters where something is mixed with real life. So these you put on over your face and you can look at augmented reality right there in front of you. I thought it was really cool. Um, there's a great video on the article link that will they'll show up there as far as how they work. They're only for sale in a few cities right now, Chicago, LA, Miami, New York, San Fran. And they do what's called a white glove delivery service where they actually help you set it up. Um, but there's not much. It's for it being consumer. But still, still what, what is it? For, I know, for well, that's the weird thing is it's not really anything yet. Yeah. So the <laughs> software hasn't caught up to the hardware. Right. What the, the hardware, hardware is way ahead of the software. Just though to, to circle back for people who aren't tracking with us, it's an AR headset, meaning that when you look through the headset, you see everything in front of you as normal. Yep. but it can overlay a digital image on top of your reality. So AR standing for augmented reality, or sometimes people are now calling it mixed reality, where it's a combination of things that aren't there and things that are, but in this headset, you're seeing it all interacting together. Very similar to Microsoft's HoloLens, which very similar design, similar end goal. And it's 2,295 bucks. Now, does this thing require a connection to a computer? So there is a little mini computer. I assume it's more like the graphics card that you could just clip onto your to your belt. It looks like a little it's like a little mini CD. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, small. like a walk uh, an old old uh, Sony Walkman disc player. Yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, I think it has like 3 or 4 hours of battery life. They have some insane amount of funding and employees working there on the project. Hmm. So I don't know if it's just going to a year from now, boom, all this stuff is available for it. And then, yeah, they're calling this one the creator edition. It's really more of a dev kit for people who want to create the software later. So I'm sure 
someone like John Lee's probably already has two of these in his office he, and they're they're playing does. around with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you better have some. I think the fact that it's got that separate computer is kind of interesting because you know the Oculus Rift, the full version, not the Go, which we have, does require a, a full like heavy duty desktop type device with with multiple graphics cards potentially. This is a, an interesting way to attack that problem of having to have a computer with you. What also is interesting to me, Andrew, is that they're using devices like this now to make movies. Uh, so directors now can put on something like this and in essentially a large, empty soundstage, mm-hmm. they can envision what the set will look like when it's built. So if they might say, we need a mountain and the boss's lair over here. And he can look and see virtually in real space where that is and start to frame shots and compose how he's going to film the movie months or potentially years before the set is actually built. It's very cool. The other thing is they're working on a, a live action Star Wars TV series right now for their new streaming service that's going to nice. come out next year. Okay. And they're speculating that what will end up happening is it'll be a device like this in the actual camera that's recording the show. And so instead of having people wearing stormtrooper armor or whatever the outfit is, the actors will literally just wear a green uh, leotard Mm -hmm. and the camera will project using AR onto that leotard, the costume that they're wearing. So in terms of cost and expense, now you don't have a separate company, you know, working on these really intricate animations and details. It's just kind of real time. They're filming the special effects as it's happening. Wow. And that will allow them to have a better, higher end result, more like a movie level production value, but TV level budgets. Um, So this stuff is getting applied all over. So I I think it is five years or less that potentially you're coming into a model home where it's part of the tour. You may not own one of these yet. It may not be commonplace, but, Mm -hmm. you know, hey, just put on these these glasses as we walk through. So then you can show them what's behind the walls and visualize those options and change colors and kind of like actors with that green suit on it's also yes. possible to just build vignettes of yeah green you know go in this green green cabinet shaped things that oh, then wow. will project whatever yeah that's yeah, super so. cool it uh, i think it'll be interesting to see once that technology is is in place and you could like go into this home center essentially and you could build your home with the builder there and it's just this say it's a big green box what that does versus the existing market um like if you're making a choice new versus an existing home favoring like, oh, we could get everything we want and look, we could look at it right now and we could record a video of yeah. it and show it to our friends and family. Like, hey, this is what's being built and it's real. Well, and again, it high rise scenarios, they're already doing this. You know, some of the builders that we work with who, who do those kind of projects, they're building out a vignetted kitchen in a space that's not even in the building that's being erected, you know, 40 story tall building. Mm-hmm. They're building out vignettes or actual entire models of so people can get the idea of the fit and finish. This now becomes much less expensive and can be used in multiple locations very easily. So now, you know, going back to going where the people are, uh, we've all kind of seen that mall design studios or um, retail locations for design studios haven't always worked out the idea of we're going to sell more homes by people just walking through the mall and then coming into the design studio and saying, I'll build a house with you. But if you could just have a separate room that would let them tour multiple homes, you know, that had a 20 foot by 20 foot space where you put on these goggles and go, then that all starts to That'd be awesome. So this episode brought to you by the year 2025. <laughs> 2025. 
Oh man, I will build a home doing that. I'll wait to build until I can build it that way. Sweet, <laughs> sweet. Know, right? On to the next one. This one you found, so uh, go ahead and tell us about it. Yeah, from Buffer, Buffer. Apps blog. Said, the headline caught my attention, of course. We analyzed 43 million Facebook posts from the top 20,000 brands. Uh, that, I love it. Catch your attention. It's not even <laughs> clickbait. It's just we. That's what they did. So that is what they did. Yeah. Um, we're going to help you unpack because the headlines are somewhat deceiving, I think. But at the end of the day, what they found was that um, the volume of organic posts made by businesses has increased by 25% in roughly the last, I think, year and a half. Right? Wow. Okay. Um, since Q1 of 2017 to Q2 of 2018. So one year and a quarter. Businesses are posting a lot more than they ever have. And it's, you know, it's just a steady curve of increase from, from over time. And the ironic thing is that Facebook organic post interactions on business pages have declined by more than 50% over the same period of time. Wow. <laughs> so we've got this <laughs> increase in activity and stuff that we're spewing out there uh, without potentially as much thought or creativity or design as it as needs to, to cut through the clutter. And also just because organic uh, delivery has declined so much, 50% fewer interactions. They also broke down that those interactions decreased by all types. So oh, okay. if, if you thought, oh, well, that's fine. We're, not, we're doing it better than everybody else because we're doing way more video. Well, video is down 47% in the same time period from what it was before. Images are down 63%, okay. even worse. Even worse. And then worse by far is if you're a, a brand or a business posting links to try to get traffic back to your site or to somewhere else, that dropped by a whopping 237%. Ooh, that's terrible. So <laughs> yeah, it's that combination though of just so much clutter and so much stuff being out there and the organic getting less and less delivery without being boosted or paid for to turn it into an ad that engagement overall is just way, way down. Wow. Way down. Did they talk about, did they separate any of the pages into like page types or did, did they aggregate all the data? Like here's they all the did. Now you're, yeah, oh, I, I like the I pop didn't quiz. Even go to, they, they this did. is a really big article, by the way, if you're reading it, like, which is cool because I, I, it is, I like it when it's like that versus like, here's the yeah. summary and you're like, well, I had this question. Like, does this include, because mm -hmm. if you remember, um, Facebook had this thing against like meme accounts where they're just airing videos yep. that are viral. And I'm like, well, that's tons mm -hmm. of interaction. If they cut those, that could in, that could skew the numbers further down. Yep. Um, so this is what, uh, and I've heard this term crop up a couple times uh, from HubSpot agencies that we that we partner with uh, on some builders. This is what would be called like a, a pillar page, or you know, it's it's a piece of content that is very very deep. Okay. Yeah. You know, artists had a drop of seventy percent. Movies, 68. Media, 64%. Uh, the best or, or lowest drop in engagement was retail, 49.5. Clothing was 50. Um, they don't show real estate or anything related to us specifically in here, but they do kind of sort it out by page type. Gotcha. The other interesting thing that they talk about is the ideal number of times to post. Now, we get this question a lot yeah. of, uh, we need to post three times a day, five times a day, 10 times a day once a week, what's the, what's the magic number? And of course, there's no magic number. Yeah. But in their, in their analysis, they found that the highest, in, if you want the most engagements per individual post, okay. the pages that posted less than once a day 
got the most engagement per post. So say so in terms three of times a week, maybe. Or return maybe. on your investment of time and energy mm-hmm. per individual post, that's the best in terms of getting that, that return. The highest overall engagement, meaning just the raw number of total engagements, was best on pages that posted five times a day. Oh my, so there's five a, times. Yeah, there's a, the return on your investments for sure going negative after more than five times a day. For sure. And that's the um, highest overall engagement. So engagement being the metric they used. So that is mm-hmm. if someone's like really a go-getter and they're like, I'm going to do five times per day then. That's what I'm going to do. That doesn't mean five times more leads, five times more anything, just five times more engagement on the ad is what I'm interpreting that. Likes, comments, exactly. shares against the, yep. the post. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you, ha- if you do five times a day and each one of those only gets five individual engagements, you know, that's 25. Whereas if you post once every other day, they may each get, get um, 20 individually. Gotcha. But total number of engagements would be higher on the five yeah. times a day. Okay. The thing that I would caution if you say, well, then I'm going to try to post five times a day is, you know, the last thing that you share or post is the first thing that someone's going to see. And is that what you want them to see? It's, it's one of the reasons I have a bias against, you know, uh, funny culture photos cluttering up the feed and, and overtaking actual product. And, you know, yeah. what we always say is education or inspiration. And then sometimes a little bit about, you know, who you guys are as well. If your last post is, you know, look at us having fun at our, you know, cookout with employees. And then the next post after that is, you know, here's us having fun at the water cooler. At some point, I think it can get a little bit off brand. It doesn't encourage the kind of ultimate results that we want anyway. And I think some of those are like, you could tie in that stuff with homes. Like, I don't know if you're going to do that. I think you need, it needs to be tied in with, with the product and it should be able Mm -hmm. to be easy to do that. Um, This is interesting. I just pulled up in in this big old study, which is like 5,000 words. Um, and here's a snippet. Facebook studies have shown that 79, so that's 79 percent of vertical mm-hmm. video consumers agreed that the format is more engagement. And they said they would choose the vertical format in most cases. But most videos on Facebook agencies that make videos produce uh, like a creative agency aren't vertical. It seems like they're still like old school going horizontal, which would be like the smallest screen size on mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, might be a fun, fun test yeah. for someone to do, like make a vertical first it's all I, I hate that word mobile first <laughs> i don't like that word either. but this is like the same thing like the camera needs to i think be recording vertically not like mm-hmm. hey we trimmed yes. the video to be vertical mm-hmm. but it was recorded whatever the ratio 16 9 i don't know the, the proportions yep. but it needs to be up and down so be interesting to see i i think posting multiple times a day i've said this for a while now push that to the stories on instagram or facebook and in fact i've noticed um, personally that like two, three months ago, I would have eight times, six times more, um, views on an Instagram story post versus a Facebook story post. That is actually almost neck and neck the same now. So Facebook nice. users are definitely figuring out. In fact, we used my wife and I, when we were on our mission trip, we made posts just showing like click up here and you'll see more about our trip, but we don't want to overwhelm the feed with posting you know, gotcha. 10 times a day. So use the stories uh, because those are high engagement people who are choosing to look at you. You're not going to, mm-hmm. you know, become overstay your welcome. Yeah, you're not going to overstay yeah, your welcome good. by you're posting all the time. To welcome. Welcome. That's right. 
And then uh, what were we going to talk about? I mentioned the first one. Oh, the uh, review changed to recommendations on the Facebook pages. Yeah. So I article. noticed this um, a couple days ago and I looked for an article. Can't find any good resources yet on this. But, but essentially, if you go to a Facebook page now that was allowing reviews, you'll notice that there is now a screenshot that says that, um, well, let's see exact ratings and reviews have changed. And when you click that, it basically says, Hey, we're, we're no longer going to let you give a star rating. We're just going to ask you, do you recommend this business or not? And then it's going to take into account the total number of reviews that are recommending or not recommending and give you a score. So oh, cool. what I think okay. is really interesting is it's still going to give you kind of a 4.5 or, you know, 3.5 out of five, but it's not going to be because, you know, 10 people gave you a three and a half star rating. Uh, it's going to be just based upon the total number of recommendations and were they positive or negative. And I think that's more indicative of how this really works. I agree. And it seems, I, I wonder if they're going to only show the recommendations as far as the story. No, they don't. They show they show the people who do not okay. recommend as well, but it requires a story to what you were just saying. Like you can't say wouldn't recommend and not give any detail gotcha. now because there's no there's no score system in that single recommendation to say like this was terrible or just okay. eh, I didn't I like love that. it. Yeah, it's it's yes or no, and then you just see no. So you you could kind mm -hmm. of leave it up to that person to whoever's reading it to interpret how mad. <laughs> or how is that a one yeah. or two item? Let them, you're, you're really forced to interpret what is going on and, and read it. Yep. Maybe that's what they're. When I was a builder, the way that we would talk about it was um, at the end of the day, the score for the company, all that mattered was that last question of, would you recommend Heartland Homes to your friends and family? Or would you choose to do business with us again? That's all that counted in terms of the quote unquote real world. In terms of employee bonuses and other things, you know, metrics and other questions, were shades of gray, but at the end of the day, it was black or white. You know, would you want to do business with us again or not? And I think, I think it's smart that Facebook is going yeah. this way because it's a lot harder to hack. It's like another algorithm that you don't have to worry about. Just have a good process that gives feedback, but you know, you don't have to worry about people not understanding how a scale system works. Just which like happens like one out of five, they think they're actually doing something nice and then they don't know how to go back and change it. And it's like, the best <laughs> yeah. builder ever, one out of five. You're like, oh no, 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 no. You did it wrong. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Exactly well, right. Might be exciting to see how it. All right. That'll do it for the news. Up next, after this quick break, we're going to hop on with Jeff Turner, the man, the myth, and the legend. Truly one of my favorite people who is not in home building specifically. He's Mostly had experience on the existing uh, home side of the aisle, but he is a technologist, a futurist, and just an all-around awesome guy. You're going to really love conversation. We'll be right back. And we're back. Uh, with this week's 360 topic of the week, tell a good story or die with Jeff Turner. <laughs> Strong. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us this week. I'm, I'm almost afraid of the topic myself. <laughs> you should be, because uh, we do zero show prep. That's our theme. I love it's it. Like yeah. a, a, how yeah. we do this. On our feet. We had 30 seconds before this started for you to basically, you know, grill me a little bit. And that was it. 
It, this is real. <laughs> this is real. It's not live, but it's the closest thing you can get to it. Jeff, I refer to you often, this will be fun for you to learn, as the ultimate outsider insider to our industry, because mm. you're not often in the new home building space directly, but we, there are so many shared contacts that we have, yeah. so many shared places um, that we've been. We've spoken at Pacific Coast Builders Conference uh, several times. You actually live in a home built by a home builder currently, right? Correct. That is correct. But uh, for those who haven't had the joy of interacting with you yet, tell us just a little bit, not resume, but kind of your experience in and sure. around the real estate industry. Sure. So I, I've been uh, involved in one form of another with uh, digital technologies as an entrepreneur since I was 25 years old and I'm, I'm 56. So <laughs> I, don't, I, don't even want, I don't even want to do the math on that because it, it really makes me want to cry. Um, but I, I sold my first company and uh, after I, I left, I, I sort of stumbled upon you know the Ken Burns effect and in the early days of virtual tours in the real estate industry, uh, developed a product for the residential real estate space uh, called Real Estate Shows, which was a, an automated way. I think we were the very first platform that allowed uh, realtors to upload images to the web. And it was a, a software as a service platform, one of, one of the first in the industry. And we really did change the way people looked at virtual tours. And so that's how I, I got into the real estate space. And it was sort of stumbling on that and deciding, I think there's a product here and I think there's a better way to use these photos and create these tours. Um, I've since gone on and, and done a couple other startups in the, the real estate industry. Most recently, I brought a company called Real Satisfy, which is a a review platform over from Australia, and we sold that company in 2016. Um, and I am now the uh, CEO for North America for a company called Immoviewer, which is a 3D 360 uh, tour company. We do immersive uh, tours. We're a software platform that is, I love to say this, camera agnostic. We are not a camera company. We are a software platform that aims to take advantage of all of the advances that are going to take you place in 360 camera technology. Now, we're going to make you explain what all those big words mean. Yes. Were they big? Uh, in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Agnostic, that's getting uh, uh, For a Friday afternoon, that's, yeah, that's, that's getting pretty big. So, I have a couple quick follow-up questions. Yeah. So do you claim credit for the real estate? Um, what was the first company? Real estate, real estate shows. Real estate showcase? Real estate shows, yeah. Do you think that you are still the reason why on so many people's websites, a quote-unquote yeah. virtual tour is a slideshow? Yeah, absolutely I do. I, and I'm, awesome. I'm, awesome. I mean, I mean this, and I'm actually really proud of it because uh, <laughs> when we launched real estate shows, there was no, there was nothing like it. Um, Right. Everything was a really, really early version of a, a 360 tour, but it wasn't a, a spherical 360 or an immersive 360. It was a very much a, you know, it spun around on its own. You had no way to control it. And they were very expensive. People were paying hundreds of dollars per home. And this is back in uh, 2002 mm -hmm. to, oh, do, wow. to do these tours. And I, we had two goals in mind. One, let's change the way people are, are utilizing their photos um, and create something that we felt was more emotionally appealing. So from a storytelling standpoint, we really felt like the emotion was absent from those other tours. 
so we added some background music and you know we, we created a, a very seamless smooth effect and we made it very easy for the agents to create on their own it was a full do-it-yourself model and the second goal we had was let's destroy the pricing model like let's go and absolutely blow the price out of the water so we came in at 99 dollars a year make as many tours as you want and it was very yeah. successful wow it was very successful yeah at one point what was what was the highest number i think of... we again this is this is back before most people even knew what a digital camera was <laughs> right. and at one point i think we had close to 50,000 agents using the platform so it it was a very successful wow. product and it influenced um, how others ended up developing their products uh -huh. so we had competitors for uh, a number of years that you know sort of stuck to their ground and were doing the other kinds of tours and then you saw them add in uh, these these other tour types so yes okay one more important question yeah uh, you said that you offered background music yeah. so I can't let you leave that one alone we need to how know. would you describe the background music options on your show show player well so we had various categories we had an ambient category we had a Crickets. country category okay I know <laughs> well no, it was yeah. more you know what I'm talking about. It was more the ambient category was more like you were sitting and getting a massage. <laughs> but I I chose every single song myself based upon does it match the flow? You know, because every uh, between in in that six to eight second range, we were having a scene change between images, um, and there was a pace to that change mm -hmm. that was was there, and so every single song needed to to match that pace but we wanted agents to be able to choose a song that that felt like the house you know some homes feel more country some homes feel more modern some homes feel you know fill in the blank and so the agent we would pick a random song now in all honesty we had random focal points in images and a random song chosen. Mm -hmm. Seventy-five percent of agents never chose, never changed it. Right. <laughs> they never went nice. in and, and did anything. They just left the random focal points and they left the random music. But there was a percentage, you know. It, every, things typically follow the Pareto principle, right? Yeah. Um, it, there was a percentage that went in and said, "No, the focal point of that room is the fireplace. I want the camera to move towards the fireplace." And the people who did that ended up creating a you know, tours that I really f felt more like video because mentally you were moving towards something that was logical as opposed to a random movement. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then your rating and review platform uh, or yeah. maybe, maybe feedback platform, although that's not a sexy term to use. What was your big takeaway from, from that company? Um, standardization. Standardization. And so what, what caused me to fall in love with the platform when I saw it, uh, when I, I, I spoke in Australia at the Australian Real Estate Conference in 2011, and I met David and Phil on the showroom floor there after I had done a podcast not, not unsimilar to this. Um, they, they were, it was their first trade show and they were advertising behind my head. I mean, I, I have a photo of myself with a Real Satisfied logo before I even met Real Satisfied, <laughs> um, and which is really odd. Most people don't have that kind of an experience. But the thing that really um, struck me was their steadfast um, adherence to the principles that they had learned developing custom consumer surveys for the magazine industry and the newspaper industry and the consumer products industry. They were, they were. Uh, specialists in this. And so they really believed 
that what the real estate industry needed was a standardized survey that allowed brokers to have an understanding of whether the service promise they were making was actually being delivered by all of these disparate agents out in the field. So standardization was it. We, we stuck steadfast. You have no idea how many times in the selling process someone would come and say, wow, I really like your product, like what you do, but can we change the survey? No. What do you mean I can't change the survey? It's standardized. Why? Because you don't know how to build surveys. I mean, we, we never wavered. It, was never even, it wasn't even a like, oh, we'll try to coddle you. No, you don't know how to build surveys. And at the end of the day, they wanted will. to change it to try to improve their score, but they exactly. also wanted to be able to compare, you know, I guess, everyone else to say they were better. That's correct. That's correct. That's oh. correct. How, how did you guys meet? Let's start way back. Or, or maybe let, not way back. I'm going to let the story. I want you guys Kevin to meet? tell the story. Okay. Um, okay. Well, my recollection, because I did creep on Facebook this morning, uh, 2011, I was yep. in my mind thinking that uh, we had readjusted our budget at Heartland. I had extra money in the budget to invest in something different, better than just an ad. And I thought, I want to build an app, but not an app for shoppers because no one wants to download an app for every builder that they're shopping with. You know, there's other places and, and solutions to do that better. So I want to build an app for my customers to improve their experience, make it more social, more shareable. And it was just in the back of my mind. And I happened to be on Facebook and I don't remember how. I think Mike Lyon might have shared a blog post or something that Jeff had written. And I, I think that's it. <laughs> and I saw Zeke Interactive and I, I was like, oh, president of Zeke Interactive, click on it. And this company builds apps. And then... I look at Jeff's profile on Facebook and had a connection to West Virginia. My wife was from there. He had uh, attended a Grace Seminary. I went to a Grace Christian School, uh, K through 12. There was like three or four just crazy connections. And I normally don't reach out to strangers, even on the internet, uh, for anything. But I was like, okay, well, this guy might be able to get a a problem solved for me. And we just have all these connections. So I remember writing, I mean, I thought this is if a stranger reached out to me, I'm going to delete it. So I'm going to take the time to try to, and I think basically what I said, Jeff, was you don't know me, I don't know you, but we have a lot in common. Yep. And yeah, I don't really remember I, more detail. No, I don't remember the exact, I don't remember the exact words, but that's that's my recollection of it as well. And I, I remember reading um, the message that you sent me. And I, I think, you know, this is a is actually a great lesson for anyone who's trying to you know, introduce themselves to somebody they don't know, you know, there's a story there too, you know, you, you, storytelling isn't just for this public marketing consumption. You told me a story and it engaged me and it caused me to then go creep on you for a few minutes to, to, to know, do I want to respond to this guy or not? And, you know, because Kevin had done a really good job of positioning himself online as well, it was easy for me to see this, this guy's real. This is somebody who I might want to know. And you know, quite frankly, we hit it off instantly. And I, you know, I, today, here we are, what are we, seven, seven eight years, years later, I consider Kevin a close friend and yep. um, someone who I believe very strongly in from a professional standpoint as well. And we got to build a fun app together, that, which was really amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. And we can talk about it. Let's hear about this Because I'm no longer Is employed by NVR. Amazing, right? Um, yeah, but also it was a great app, and he, he, you had the perfect in my mind. Again, we're we're sort of focusing on this whole storytelling aspect. You had this 
perfect idea, this perfect seed of a thought for how do I engage the customer who's in the process of buying a home in my storytelling process, which was just brilliant. I have and to we'll say. post I, pictures I um, of all, all the screenshots that I have of the app. If you want to go build it now, because no one still has exactly, um, there is the My Home Story app that I would recommend you check out as well. Uh, it does a lot of similar things, but um, yeah. So, so Jeff and I started talking, we've only ever met in person, maybe four or five times in the yeah. seven years. Yeah. Um, but I said, Hey, I don't have a hundred. I mean, at the time you just built an app for the NFL or somebody. Yeah. Huge. We, we built it for ES. We actually, yeah, we built it for ESPN for the NFL. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm just a little home builder and I've got, you know, I felt like, um, what's that movie, please, sir. Can I have some more? Uh, <laughs> I'm like, this is all I got to work with, man. And Jeff was like, sure. Uh, and so we worked for the next year on this. And the whole idea, Andrew, was I wanted to gamify the thing that they wanted to do anyway, which is to go and visit the home, to take pictures, to create a digital scrapbook. And um, mm -hmm. I remember, Jeff, we used the word whimsy. I mean, it was it, yeah. it looked like whimsy. an actual notebook. It had some fun elements and you actually earned um, tickets. It was back. It was back when skeuomorphic design was still in. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Would not, the screenshots will not uh, do it justice. It hasn't necessarily <laughs> aged well, but the concept is still there of Andrew, if you went to the house and took 10 photos, um, it would mm -hmm. give you points for just simply doing that activity you wanted to anyway. And because they would connect socially, we had a way to look at, see how much scale or how much audience would they have and potentially even increase their point value for activities based on that. And, and the idea was you could then turn those points in for prizes, which we wanted you to win. So the idea was, hey, one customer every year, we want to send to Disneyland uh, for a week. Um, gotcha. And then a whole other slew of these tickets. And it, and it used WordPress as a back end, which I thought was genius because it would have been easy for employees. Anyway, you'll t take a look at it. We'll do a blog post. Uh, we'll have to look at it. Like Zelda, except for home building. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It was fun. Cool. You know, it, it was one of those, it was one of those ideas that, you know, when he first shared it, it was instantaneous. Oh, this is brilliant. You know, like sometimes you hear ideas and you got to germinate on them for a little bit uh, or ruminate, ruminate, germinate, ruminate both. Um, you you got to let them spin around in your head for a little bit. And this one was instant. It was, it was and almost it, and like, it worked. holy crap. We actually tested it out. It really and did. It worked. It really and did. And then NVR bought nice. Heartland Homes and the lawyers said, there wow. is no way that we are letting at the time, maybe they've changed now because um, I know they listen, they, they're like, we are not going to encourage homeowners to take pictures of homes under construction because what if something goes wrong? What if there's a picture of someone gotcha. who shouldn't right. be there or the wrong safety equipment being used? There's just too much risk for a public company with but this is the, on their back. This is the perfect uh, segue, though, into this notion that as marketing technology changes, your storytelling needs to change because you either give a platform to your consumers to tell that story that, that you can benefit from, or they're going to tell it anyway, because they have mm -hmm. access to publish on their own to social media. Exactly. You know, they're going to be taking these photos. If, if something's wrong, guess what? They're taking photos and posting it to Facebook anyway. You, you, you may as well have an yep. easy way to capture that and identify it before it spins out of control. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I think there's a, 
there's a, a sort of a background message here that says, as you recognize the trends that are shifting in terms of marketing technology or social technology or digital technologies, you need to make certain that you're not still handcuffed to old thinking around how technology works and what consumers are going to do with it. Because that's, I think, where you ultimately get into the biggest amount of trouble. Yep. Let's start uh, shifting towards Emma Viewer by way of this question, Jeff. Um, if you had sure. to pick two large trends that you think are going to be impacting storytelling in the future, what, would, what do you think that's going to be? I think, I think it's all tied together because I, I think AR and VR, well, let me separate AR and VR. Yep. Because I see them as two completely different things. So sure. for everyone, just from a definition standpoint, uh, virtual reality could span from I'm looking at a photo of a house online to a more immersive virtual reality where you're sitting inside of some Oculus Go glasses uh, and you're virtually walking through a new home in, in space. And as you move your head, you're looking around that space. That's virtual reality. Mm -hmm. Augmented reality is I hold my phone up and, you know, the timing of this couldn't be better because uh, Magic Leap just announced their new glasses this week. Yeah, we just talked or about I that in the news segment. Yeah, <laughs> or, I, right. or I put on these yep. Magic Leap glasses and now things that aren't really there appear in the real world space. And so, um, you know, the IKEA app that puts furniture down in your home for you. Uh, there's a whole bunch of new augmented reality apps where you hold up your phone and you, you spin around the room and you can see things. There's a couple of um, apps and you guys know them better than I do in the new home space where you can actually visualize your new home on your piece of property. Uh, you can visualize whole neighborhoods. That's augmented reality. He's talking about so, you, John Lee at Rendering House. Yes, who he's talking yeah, about. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool stuff. And so I think. I think I, I look at those two things as having some of the greatest impact on storytelling because you have to think completely differently as a marketer um, when you've got to understand that someone can look anywhere they want. Yeah. You no longer are controlling their field of view and um, it's going to require a different kind of thinking. And that's true of the VR space. In, there's a whole segment of thinking that needs to take place there. And it's certainly true in the augmented reality space because now, as in the augmented reality space, you may not even be able to control the environment where you're setting objects down. Mm -hmm. And so those, that requires a completely different level of thinking as well. And so I, I see this you know, impacting uh, traditional marketing as well. As people gravitate towards these new marketing technologies, their brains are going to change. They're going to begin thinking of things in new ways, and it, it will actually impact 2D technology as well. So I, I see a, a give and take that's going to take place, but those two things are going to force people to shift their mindset around how they tell a story. And then AI could just add fuel to the fire. Absolutely. Too. I had the pleasure of uh, speaking uh, alongside uh, you and Mike at PCBC this year. And you know, we really did talk about some of the shifts and changes in artificial intelligence and machine learning and deep learning and you know, where all that comes into play. And we're already seeing some really intelligent natural language chatbots that are coming around and, and taking some of the pain off of some of the you know, inquiries that come in over chat online, but also technologies that are making it easier for you to follow up 
mm-hmm. um, on leads and and do things that re- reduce the amount of pain involved in repetitive processes in that sales process. That's going to require a different level of storytelling too. And so it's all it it really all does tie together because the the whole VR world and AR world are tied to the same chips that enable AI. You can't stitch together 8K 360 video in real time without a chip that does some really stupid math. Like the math involved in this stuff blows my mind. And and that's true of everything happening in the AR AI space as well. And I'm I actually have our presentation pulled up here because I couldn't remember what it was called, but computer vision is what our, you know, yeah. you're talking about how fast the cameras are changing and getting better for this technology to happen, but there's still even another wave beyond that of absolutely what kind of tree is that in that picture? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, a couple of weeks later, Kevin, I, I downloaded, I'm going to have to go on my phone. Hold on one second. Let me sure. get the name of it. Cause I want to get it right. And it works really well. Uh, an app called plant snap, <laughs> P-L-A-N-T-S-N-A-P. Oh, you literally, you point your phone at a flower and it brings back what it believes is the best answer for what you do. Know how many times I'm walking I mean, my dad was a, a biology guy. And so he, I'd go, what tree is that? He'd go, well, that's a, you know, he'd, he'd be able to spout off. I don't have that skill at all. And so now <laughs> I can just point this at a flower. And, you know, when I take a photograph of it on my photo blog, I can actually name the flower correctly. That's, that's genius. I want to reskin that as an own app just for me and rename it. Will Kevin kill it? You know, how easy yes, is this plant the, to grow? That's good. Exactly. <laughs> But in that computer vision space, you know, you, you, you talk about the opportunity to really understand um, not just things in a space, but the space itself. I mean, at Imoviewer, the perfect example of this is that, you know, we're able to build accurate, dimensionally accurate floor plans out of these 360 images with just knowing the height of the camera lens to the floor. Now, are they, are they accurate enough to build a house from? No. But are they accurate enough for someone to get a sense of that space and to get a sense of whether or not their furniture is going to fit? Absolutely. And so in the time that it takes you to shoot the photograph of the room, we can return back to you a floor plan. And that's, that is 100% a part of this, this whole movement. Um, there's a small amount of artificial intelligence involved there, and there's some human nesting of those rooms that takes place on the back end. Mm-hmm. But you can't do that without the math involved to understand the vectors inside of of all of these pixels in that photograph. That I think is one of the most interesting things about the platform that you're at now at Imaviewer is that ability. Floor plan also comes with a uh, a 3D model of the house, not not the dollhouse. Uh-huh. view of it, but something that gives us the ability at some point in the future, we want a homeowner. Let's say you're, you've shot the home um, for the homeowner and you pass that tour off to them. Like They've just moved in, new homes built. Now they have this tour of their home. They should be able to go back into that, that tour and click on a wall and know what the square footage of that wall is. They should be able to go in and, and measure inside of that app. Mm-hmm. They should be able to go in and click on the floor and understand what the square footage is if they want to replace their carpet down the line. You know, those are the kinds of things that I think um, a consumer is going to gravitate to. And, and the fact that that same tour, you know, they could share it with their friends and family members and, and if done in the right way, it could be, you know, viewed realistically uh, to spread the word. To me, 
the, the storytelling aspect of this starts at the moment they sign their contract and you have an opportunity to give them a, a way to view this process in ways that they've never been able to before because the technology has never been cheaper. It's never been easier. It's never been more scalable. And it's only going to become cheaper, easier, and more scalable over the next few years because this is where the money's going. 360 camera technology is advancing at four times the rate of DSLR technology. And so I like to say that the arc of, of digital photography technology is moving towards 360, um, both 2D and 360, 3D and 180 3D. Uh, really, really amazing stuff being done with not your, not, your, not your father's 3D where you have to put on the red and blue glasses. <laughs> like capturing with two separate lenses and and in, again, when you watch a 3D video inside of Oculus Go, holy crap, it's yeah. so realistic. Andrew, mm-hmm. tell everyone your Oculus Go um, story. You were watching Netflix. Uh, I was watching Netflix. And if you have the app, you know, you could set like your room. And I think the default, you're like in this cabin. Yep. Maybe it's in the Rocky Mountains, like Denver somewhere. And Netflix is on like this movie theater type of screen. Like it's all dim around you, but you're on this couch. It's like a red couch i don't know i remember that for some reason but you're and this was my very first experience with it i didn't really expect my i I don't know what would you would probably know jeff like your ears adjust your brain adjusts you're like okay this is reality as far as like your body goes like your balance like where you're going i'm like oh i'm going to lay down on this couch your brain compensates like it It it, gets used to it really really easy it was really, it was like, you know, 30 seconds in, I put on, I don't know, it's like the office or something. Just, okay, I'll put something. <laughs> that was my right first there. one as well. <laughs> Perfect. We're rewatching that for like the sixth time. I, I think it is. Oh, that's embarrassing. So I'm like, there's this couch right here. I'm going to lay on the couch. It felt weird. Like, I'm like, I'm going to lay down. And it, the couch is not there. But my body totally expected there to be, you know, an object there closer than, you know, I was on the bed. So I lay down, but the, the couch should have been there. Like, <laughs> half a second sooner than the bed. And I'm like, I'm falling. This is really strange. <laughs> it was, it was really cool. And that was the first, a, that was it first is amazing. Time. And there's, this there, is awesome. there is a, I mean, so I have six kids and, uh, nice. I don't know. We all have a lot of, we kids all have here, a lot of kids. I have right? three, <laughs> so you, six, four, you, you beat us. Yeah. Do you know that? <laughs> do you know that feeling when all of a sudden you realize there's nobody in the house? Oh man. It's I'm going nice there right feeling. now. That's, I'll be back in that a few minutes. Is, <laughs> That's the feeling I had sitting watching Netflix with Oculus Go on. I, it was like, yeah. and sometimes if I'm having a rough day, I, I, my, my Oculus Go glasses are sitting right behind me now. I turn around, I put them on, I pop something on for five minutes and just watch it because it gives me, and this is, this is why the storytelling is going to have to shift because your emotional response to that immersive experience is different. Your your brain waves change. And I'm sure there's going to be a billion studies that are going to come out on the dopamine that's released as a result of this. And you know, you know, social media is going to take advantage of that. And we're all going to be screwed. I'm not kidding, Jeff. So, when you said that feeling, it, the dopamine yeah. was released and I instantly felt relaxed here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, and so yeah. as marketers and as, as people who are, you know, taking this technology and, and shaping it and moving it, you know, you kind of have to use that power for good and not for evil, if you know what I mean. Uh, I mean, I, I think I think there are going to be ways that um, people are going to abuse this technology. And, you, you know, the only way for, 
for you as a responsible marketer to understand that is to immerse yourself in it yourself, to feel it, understand it, get a sense for it, get a sense for how the story is going to have to shift as a result of this change of perspective, get a, get a sense for the kinds of things that are going to make you feel good about the decisions you've made and the kind of things that are going to make you feel bad about the decisions you've made. Otherwise, you're going to, you're going to tread into a whole bunch of unintended waters um, yep. that you know, may come back to bite you. I've got an example I'm going to throw one out. I just came up with it as you were telling the story, Jeff, is the ability okay. to put on the headset, experience the 3D space of the model home that my wife and I think that we want to build, and to import the audio files, potentially maybe even the video files of a real life experience that we've already had in our own home and bring that emotional history and nostalgia into the new space and be like, what would this, I just think there's so even silly things like uh, model home music. I asked you about the real estate show music, but you know, the music is a very, very personal thing. And so you could walk into a beautiful Mm -hmm. model home and everything about it's great, but if they're playing heavy metal, you're looking at each other saying, do we have to stay here? Cause this is, if you don't like heavy metal, but if you, Put on the go, rock on, man. Enjoy the heavy metal that you love so much in the space that you want. Think about this. Uh, I'm connected to my Facebook account on this Oculus Go. Uh Let's say you're a new home builder and I'm in this model home and you create hotspots inside of picture frames. And instead of random pictures that appear in there, you are now bringing in photos of my family from Facebook. And so as I'm looking around this model home, I'm actually seeing my family's photos in those frames. You know, that's the kind of stuff that from a tor- storytelling standpoint, you know, if, if there's a big, huge framed photograph above the fireplace and you just happen to bring in a photograph of my farm in West Virginia, I'm done. You've, I'm, you know, yeah. I'm gone. Yeah. Or even put it outside of the windows. To the next Absolutely. Thing. Make the scenery change based upon, you know, what my interests are. It, it's these, these, you hit it right smack dab on the head, Kevin. If if that's how I'm going to feel, then help me. Take me one step further. And then as a marketer, you have to know, you know, how far do I go before it becomes creepy? Yeah. Right? And I think it goes yep. back to control. As long as the control remains in the hand of your prospect of or consumer. consumer. Exactly. Yeah. Little toggle. Personalize. Yeah. Personalize. Personalize the home. Yep. And let people let people have a wow experience, have that experience that they go, okay, wow. I mean, isn't that what we're all looking for? Okay, wow. I mean, I, I'm yep. looking for that from a cup of coffee, for God's sakes. I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's wrap up with a rapid fire. Uh, you know, our our little tagline here is we're here to help you, not to sell you. But we, I think it is important right. that people understand just the basics because everyone's familiar with what a true 3D tour is and Matterport or other experiences. But what is it about Immovier that made you say, this is the next thing that I want to attach my rather illustrious name to? Speed, the the quickness of capture. So in this office that I'm in right now, if I were using Matterport, I'd probably have to take four shots because you have to take a shot every four meters. I could take one shot in the center of my room and capture this entire room and it would take less than two seconds to do it. So when you project that out across an entire house, the amount of time that it takes to capture using our software is is way shorter. Um, the cost of the camera, so cost scalability, that that's what really attracted me to it. Um, I I get a similar feel. Now, is it as detailed? Is it as immersive? No, it's not. 
It's not, but it's way less expensive and it's way more scalable. And so for me, it gets you to that place where you're giving the consumer what they're looking for at scale. Um, and then doing all the other fancy stuff when you need to do it for the fancy stuff stuff. Yep. And that was really that fancy stuff stuff is my technical term. I like that's that's good. That's good. <laughs> Becca on our team is working on um, some blog posts around this uh, Oculus Go. You know, we bought everyone on the team yeah. an Oculus Go to experience it after you convinced me to get it. And uh, she took <laughs> <I'm sorry>. it. <laughs> no, that they're all they're all loving it. Uh, yeah. Although I think Jackie's yeah. husband has stolen it. We never have to get her a second one. Oh. Um, he's yeah. a big video gamer. Fortnite on Oculus no, Go yet? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I, then my kids would already be gone. I wouldn't even. <laughs> that I wouldn't be, be able to find them. Intent. But no. to the scalability point that you're talking about, Becca took the Oculus Go to a family reunion or was on vacation, and she wanted to let folks who are older try it out. You know, 55 plus, and see what their reactions were to it. And I thought what was so interesting is, of course, there was hesitancy at first of what is this thing? I have to strap it on my head. This is, you know, unknown. And but she said the the quickness from which they went to, I'm not sure about this. To I really like this. To frustration of well, why can't I go look at this other house? Or how? Why can't I yep. change the cabinets to a different color? Like, or it was like minutes where they're like, oh, oh, I could, I should be able to do all these things. But, but and that's could. where there's, not there's being this, tied to yeah. a camera that can quickly you know the next generation you know two months from now if it's better and it's another three hundred dollars you know what's the big deal just get uh, it's like game. that that famous lewis ck comedy thing where he's sitting on a talk show and he talks about how he's on an airplane and for the first time ever you know they introduce hey you can connect to the internet on this plane and less than five minutes later the guy beside him was sitting and complaining about the speed you know, like something that you never didn't even know existed five minutes ago is now not good enough for you. Yep. And that's, you know, but this is, this is the world we live in now. We believe it or not, we're more used to the pace of technology change than we think we are. We expect things to happen faster. You know, we, you, Kevin, you'd give a great illustration um, during our presentation of, you know, a $29 handbag on Amazon, I can spin it around in 360. I can zoom in and look at the stitches. I, you know, I got 17 different views of it. Um, I expect that experience and more when I'm looking at a new home mm -hmm. because it's way more expensive. Yeah. And everyone, the naysayers, you know, I'm never going to put something on my head because that would be stupid. But the other example that we're going to talk was everyone else said, I will never use a cell phone at a restaurant in public that's because correct. that's rude. <laughs> now yeah. that's what everyone yeah, that's, all you that's, see. that's normal yeah. right yeah yeah they're wrong people are going to strap on these headsets because the feeling of it is so unique uh, and it and it gives you a sense of a space that you can only get by actually going there yep especially if you're going to relocate your family across the country especially if you're going to do that yeah you're gonna you're gonna yeah. want that Awesome. Well, we are uh, hitting up on the end of our time here. Anything else that you want to make sure um, you share with people or encourage them to? to no, I think this has been, I think this has been awesome. You know, I, I, what you're trying to accomplish here, at least I think what you're trying to accomplish here with the podcast is just to raise people's awareness of 
where are things headed? Where are they going? What should you be thinking about? And I think sometimes it's it's good to be tactical, obviously, but sometimes it's good to take a step back and say, all right, let's look at the trajectory of the world to come. And where do I want to fit into that tra- trajectory? And yep. that's really what I'm trying to get the word out around 360 cameras and 360 video is that this is where the arc of technology is moving towards. And if you're not placing yourself, even for fun, with your family, into a mindset that says, let me think about this differently, you're not preparing yourself for where the future is leading. Exactly. And the former CEO of Moz, SEO Moz, Rand Fishkin, had a great tweet a couple of weeks ago where he said, you know, the more I'm thinking about this, getting someone to be searching for your brand makes your SEO game easier. A lot of people think about SEO and say, I want to show up for all these words that are not my brand. But to your point, you do need that mixture of of deep tactical uh, efficientness to your campaigns, but you also do need this story and brand as an over layer to that, or eventually it's just another commodity. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that the inflection there is actually as technology advances, shifting further towards the story brand importance than the tactical because AI is going to kill the tactic. AI is going to kill the tactical. Of even the ad doctor, Andrew, right? Yep. Your time is limited. Even the ad doctor. That's right. I'll have to change my name or something. <laughs> time is up. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us, Jeff. My pleasure, as always. Yep. Thank you. Uh, we'll make sure in the show notes to find all different ways to reach out and connect with him, check out Emma Viewer, do a demo. You're working on a couple demonstrations of home builder models too, right? In the uh, I, I am. I'm hoping to have a, a landing page on our site specifically for home builders in the not too distant future. Awesome. All right. And we're back. That was amazing. I am certainly enlightened now on the future. That is that was awesome. Jeff's such a good guy. He's a futurist, technologist, uh, creative um, person, and just extremely genuine. Like if he sniffs out uh, bull crap in what someone is saying or doing, he will either he doesn't care, you know, how he's perceived. He will uh, just say nope. That's incorrect. And so he's not a hype person. Mm-hmm. He certainly can get you excited about the future and, and what's coming around the corner and what's next. But it always comes back to um, not necessarily practicality, but human to human connection and the importance of that. That's and right. That the human element and all of these changes is, you know, brings the brings the focus back to what will actually be done. Yeah. And that's what I've always appreciated is he will, how do we apply the technology to make our interactions even more human at the end of the day? Maybe not initially, because it'll be with technology, but at the end of the day, when it matters, how do we get humans to humans? So thanks again, Jeff, for coming on. Uh, Super busy guy. Um, Hopefully we'll be able to have him back in the future, but um, just, just thrilled that everyone got to know him a little bit better. Right. Episode number 50. I'll write it on the calendar. Yeah, I think we're going to have to do something special when 50 comes around and 100, maybe roundtable back some guests to have uh, mm-hmm. group discussions, arguments, debates. Be fun. I don't know. We'll, we'll think about it. Record it live in person somewhere. Bunch of people. Party. 
Yes. Oh man, we have we have a few more weeks to plan that. Um, but here, I'll I'll bring us back to the question of the week from last week, which was: Are you able to give feedback that is valued on price and product to other departments or leadership, or do they ask you to stick to advertising? Put you in your corner. Laura Ownby was the first one to hop in uh, from Colorado and say, "I'll be honest. Being a female in a construction company, it is hard to be heard. I can show numbers, data to back up my points, and it still doesn't matter." Hopefully times change. Ho- hopefully time changes that, and I've been brushed aside often enough. I know I have valid thoughts on product options, etc. Sadly, it's hard to keep a positive spirit sometimes, but I'll prove myself in the end. And she said, "I guess it takes three to six years." And that was because I just trying to encourage people. You know, both who I know there's folks who out there who can be involved in that discussion, but for those who aren't, I mean, any good employee is going to feel like they're able to contribute to the conversation. But, you know, the, if you've only been doing something for six months and someone else has 10 years of quote unquote experience, of course, they're going to be skeptical about what you're bringing to the table. Yeah. And so I was just sharing my own story of it took three years or so just to be part of the discussion, like at the table when those discussions were being had about product and pricing. But I'm not certain that it was ever truly valued until almost six years in where I could tell that um, my opinion really shifted uh, the direction. Gotcha. And it comes down to just outlasting at times other employees in the company because <laughs> they leave, they retire, they get fired. Um, and so when you just start kind of naturally, male, female, just being around longer, then you may not have in total years of experience a ton, but in terms of compared to other people in the room at that organization, you are now part of the quote unquote old guard, even though you've only been there three years. That's right. Um, so OG. Uh, and then that just kind of spiraled on a, a long conversation of multiple Which comments awesome. from there. Mm-hmm. Um, Martha said, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And females pretty much drive 91% of new home purchasing decisions. She would uh, know. With a winky right. face. Let's see. There's a lot of conversation on here. There's Heidi. <laughs> um, that is the second time recently that I've heard the 91% figure. Um, referencing Martha's comment. She agreed with Laura. It can be difficult to be heard in this industry. It finally just clicked with our leadership that I may have a valuable perspective on the needs of our market. With that comes more input on plan development. Each of our franchises sets their own pricing, but so she doesn't have to say in that. So she works with a, the franchising model, but she does have some input on plan development. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, you, I mean, it makes sense because she's talking to so many people about what they're mm-hmm. looking for. And um, and then the other thing that's a common theme at Do You Convert, something we say a lot uh, to each other and, and to our par- builder partners is, you know, make sure you're telling stories with data. And, and Meredith Oliver said, hmm, tell stories with data sounds like a fantastic program for IBS or PCBC that you should write and teach, <laughs> or at least the name of a new book, Just Planting Seeds. Uh, so oh, we are working on... Um, a t-shirt design of tell stories with data. So we'll, we'll have that available. And I think um, we haven't talked about this, but I'm, I'm thinking we'll just do something for charity. So there's lots of different online marketplaces that we can put these designs out for you to order yourself. Um, you know, we'll make no money, but if there is a p- ability to put in a dollar or something, a profit from each t-shirt or hat or whatever, um, we will yeah, donate that good, to yeah. a charity. Keep, keep um, the prices be- lower and yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, and then let's see, I feel like there's one more comment. Uh, Martha um, on her own also said, you know, I can't say I've had any issues uh, with being heard or being able to bring input to the table. 
a lot of our decision-making is collaborative and each person brings unique info and feedback depending on their role in the company. With so much data at our fingertips these days, there is so a lot to look at. Since I speak with customers and deal with our marketing, I can give feedback on what is viewed on our website the most. Um, and she goes on from there. But you know, Martha works at a smaller organization, so also sometimes it's just the size, right? How many? Mm-hmm. So, in fact, sometimes small organizations have too many people uh, giving too many opinions about things that they're not um, qualified or or should be giving an opinion on. That's another topic for another day. But that is. Um, yeah, so if you don't have the chance to participate in that discussion yet, don't give up. Uh, keep sure looking for ways to tell stories with data and just be patient um, because, like you said, I think on last week's episode, Andrew, just building that street credibility by doing smaller things well. Yes. Can and also uh, get you entry to the table. Not to show off those wins all the time, but yeah, people need to know if you're doing things well. Somehow get mm-hmm. that out there and the uh, trust will be built over time into that circle of trust. What, a, what was that movie? I forgot. Oh, yeah. I, uh, you got to get in there. Meet the Fockers? So meet the Fockers. <laughs> or no, meet the parents. Meet, meet the, the parents. parents. And then the, I think meet the Fockers was the second one. And that was their last name, Fockers. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't um, have to bleep that out. That, that, that no. was their name. All right. No. Uh, what about this week's question of the week? This week's question of the week, which ties in perfectly with this episode, is how do you think marketing will change in the next 10 years? So that'll be 2028. My oldest will be 16. Oh my, that's terrifying. So in 10 years from now, how do you think marketing will change? Woo. I'm excited. Yeah. For so it. I, I don't think we should give our thoughts on this one yet. Um, no. We'll answer the question. Let's switch it up uh, going forward. I think we don't want to prime the pump, so to speak. So we'll answer this question along with your answers next week. Because um, I think 10 years is definitely long enough where a lot is likely to change. Quite a bit. Um, all right, that'll do it for this week. For published articles, blog posts, videos, and more, check out deconvert.com. It's also the best way to find out how to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and the like. There are uh, hundreds and hundreds of, of, of those articles and videos and tools and resources. <laughs> They're all 100% free, not locked behind a paywall. And, um, and. I'm just going to drop this last little bit at the end, Andrew. I am... 102% complete with pre-sale without fail, the real book. Um, the real book. I want a editor. signed copy. I will get that at the Online Sales and Marketing Summit, I hope. Yes, that is yes. the goal to give everyone who attends there the first copy, um, sign them. But it is to the printer. So Ooh, That is awesome. Yeah. This, the, I haven't seen the cover or anything, so don't show it to me early because I obviously... Oh, no, it's, yeah, it's... That, that's is, not the pre-sale without fail way. There's you know, no pre-sale. My urgency is like, mm, I need, I'm curious. I need to know. I'll probably start asking people around if they know. <laughs> right. I think I more. actually did already post it somewhere. Oh, I need to go look. Uh, probably a story and then it's yeah. not there anymore. Oh yeah, you're right. That's what I love about those things. Sneaky. All right. 24 hours. Let's get that's out of it. here. All Have right. a great week, everybody. We'll see, see you next time.